0: this the judgment I preached this all of my life because it's the truth I was born right on time and I'll die right on time not a minute late not a minute early either he's sovereign over everything or he's not sovereign over anything The Bible says that God will judge the world in righteousness. How important it is for children of God to try to live as close to the Lord as we possibly can. Now, in the book of Psalms, chapter 9 and verse 8, 9 and verse 8, this one verse here we, we see the Lord speaks to us, Psalms 9 and verse 8, and he shall judge the world in righteousness, he shall minice, minister judgment to the people in uprightness he will judge me the right according to what i've done for what i believe we as a church could we could learn so much from that group of their endurance, of their ability to want to do what God wants them to do. And in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, John said here, And I saw the heavens open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him, was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. He's going to judge in righteousness. He's not going to look at me and say, "Oh, you've been a faithful pastor for 55 years almost, so we're going to overlook your mistakes. No, he won't. No, he certainly won't. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 13. God said, And the seed gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Works will not save you, but works will determine your position in glory. I know the majority of people think that everybody that dies, going to heaven, they will all be equal. That will not take place. We will be judged according to what we have used that God has given to us. The more ability that you have, the more knowledge you have, and you refuse to use it for the glory of God, he's going to judge you. Now, I don't see how anybody can believe such a few scriptures we've used tonight and believe that when we die, we're all going to the big white house and we're going to be equal. But we're not. I'm working. I was saved by grace. I'm working. W-O-R-K-I-N-G to be in the bride of Christ. Amen. You need to understand that God has given you stability that I don't have. He's given me some ability that you don't have. But whatever our ability God has bestowed upon us, it is our responsibility to use it in the kingdom and if we're part of the church, to use it in the church. God said in Hebrews chapter 10, and verse thirty. Hebrews chapter ten and verse thirty. He says, For we know him that have said, Vengeance belong unto me, I will recompense, said the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. Now, by what standard? you listen with your God-given conscience to some of the Ten Commandments which is found in Exodus chapter 20 in verse 3 through 17, and we won't go there. We are all familiar with at least part of those commandments. Thy shall not kill. Every abortion is nothing but murder. Amen. We know that what we're doing is destroying the temple. You're going to be judged for that. God said, you know, in, in that 6, in Exodus 23 through 17, in verse 6, he said, Thy shall not bear false witness. Have you ever lied? No, well, I haven't lied, but maybe I've misrepresented the truth. That's a lie. When you misrepresent the truth, you're lying. And God's going to deal with that as you stand before him individually. Regardless of how harmless you might consider lying, you're offending a holy God that according to Titus 1-2, he'll tell you what he thinks about lying. You know, and, and people today will just lie without, I mean, just look you straight in the face. I mean, it's a, if anybody's telling the truth, this gentleman is, and everybody that knows him knows that he's lying. You can tell when he's lying, his mouth's moving. There are people that way. How will you be judged? I mean... <laughs> We just act like that judgment is going to be like our taxes, you know. cheat on your taxes and the IRS may not catch you. You may die and go to heaven. Never been checked by the IRS. God knows it. How will you be judged? We find, you know, in, in Acts the 20th chapter, as we said, the 10th Commandments in verse 8, if thou shalt not steal, regardless of its value, have you ever taken anything that was in yours, even for a short time, or borrowed it without permission? I don't think you have a right to bar anything without permission. Oh, I knew Neil wouldn't care. How do you know how, how Neil feels about his stuff? That's common courtesy. It's common courtesy. And I've seen that. In the brother that was making our reservations, he went into detail. Is there anything you've got to have special? In other words, you know, do you have a sleeping problem? Do you have a breathing problem? He didn't say that. He said, is there any special needs that you have? That's what Christians do. That's what men and women that love the Lord and loves the brother do. Christ shall not steal, regardless of his value. And we need to realize that if it, I'm not the ownership then everything except what I own and I really don't own that. God owns it but what God has allowed me to be over but other than that everything else is not mine. We're talking about the judgment of God. if you ever Cheated, been selfish. I mean, when we look at those Ten Commandments, and you know, and we all say, "Well, I'm not under the law." No, you're not under the law, but you got some uh, some principles that a child of God needs to stick to. God spoke to us, and and we see that in the Exodus, 20th chapter, 3rd verse Thou shalt have no other God before me. You notice. If you're there, you just probably from memory, but that's a little G. It's not talking about Jehovah God. If we would honor Jehovah God as much as we honor our little gods, God said, Thou shalt have no other God before me. Is there anything in your life or my life that comes before God? Thing that you know, I'm afraid for other Christians, and I hope they're afraid for me. But it's it's a dangerous thing to put somebody before God. And you say, Oh, I would never do that. Really? You know who we use more than often? We use our families, the very people that we love, people we would die for. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're putting their life in danger when we put them before God. Said, say, well, I've never heard that. Well, this is the first time you heard the truth on that matter. God said, you don't put nothing before him. Thou shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Have we ever did that? Don't let make your shivers go over your body when you hear people just, just curse, blaspheme the very God that brought them into life, the very God that gives you breath each day. I've had a person tell me, you know, I didn't see why you would uh uh you know be really strong on that point because you have a, a a health condition. I'd rather have a health condition than a spiritual condition. But only God can take care of either one of them. I don't get no doctor. I thank God for we speaking of Dr. Weaver. Thank God for him. You know. I thank God for my heart doctor. I thank God for my eye doctor, you know. But who gives them the ability? Sister's going to the doctor tomorrow, I don't know what she's doing. I don't have to know. One thing I'd have to know she's going to the doctor. My responsibility, my desire is to pray for her. Don't have to know what she's going for. But if the doctor helps her, it was God who enabled the doctor to help her. Behind every situation, God is behind it every miracle, every job you got because so-and-so recommended you, that 15 cents, you can buy a piece of gum. It was God who gave you that job. Amen. Yes. Who does he use? People, places, things, and circumstances. And he used circumstances a lot. You know, when a sinner falls down before God It's usually because of a circumstance. He was either in a wreck, came down with some bad health problem. (laughs) Because we're not going to call upon God unless there's a need. What about calling on him in the morning to get you out of bed? Because you won't get out of that bed unless God allows you. Y'all are narrow-minded. Thank you. Most people don't think I have a mind. But if I wake up in the morning, it was God that woke me up. Amen. God knows this statement. I know this statement. Any, my wife, if she was here to testify, I don't have an alarm clock. I don't use an alarm clock. I said, Lord, I need to be up at 5 o'clock. But he's too good sometimes. He wakes him up at 4. So I have plenty of time to get ready. I have plenty of time to pray about today. I'm not saying that it's wrong for you to have a large clock. You know, people say, well, some of us think it's lucky. It's no luck. Don't believe in luck. Nothing happens by luck. God, thou shall not take the Lord thy name of the Lord, thy God, in vain. <laughs> Have you ever used God's name as a curse word? Man, <laughs> Brother Steve tells me that area he used to work, and the people says, trust, 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 trust. IBM, it was no different. But I said, Lord, I need to get away from that. And he moved me into a position where I worked in a lab by myself. And people said, I feel sorry for you back there by yourself all day. Well, for five years, I've heard every Charles Stanley sermon he ever preached on the radio. Couldn't do that online. God knows what's best. All I want you to see is that when something good happens, don't take too much of the credit. Praise God for it. First. Seven in our, you know, talks about here back in the Exodus. Thou shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. See, those people who curse all time in front of you when you don't like it, it upsets you, The boss may not stop it and you may not be able to stop it but one day they'll stand right before God and say, you remember my servant that you just curse and curse and curse because you knew it upset him. I believe it that way. So you say, Lord, give me grace. Give me grace. And if it be pleasing, give me another job where I don't have to listen to that. Sometimes he answers that prayer. Sometimes he doesn't. But he's still in charge. Then we're going down to the seventh verse in these uh, commandments. You know, thy shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord, for the Lord, thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless to take the name. So, you know, the Ten Commandments are, are such wonderful guidelines that we can can use, you know, I shall not commit adultery. You know, I mean, you know, it don't make any difference today in which we live in, whether they're, they're single, whether they're married, whether they're King Holly walk. I mean, this is a sex-oriented world. You see more flesh on TV than you would at the strip clubs 20 years ago. They dress, they come to church half naked. That body belongs to you and your husband. That's it. Nobody else. How will you be judged? You know, I believe that God will judge me if I contribute by my lifestyle to cause somebody else fail. As I was uh, talking to a female about, I don't know, a month ago or something, and she's, was talking to another person in my presence. I was just there with that person. And she said, it's my body. I'll dress like I want to. And it's nobody's business. And she looked at me. She really didn't know me. She said, I understand you're a preacher. I said, yes, ma'am. Did that offend me? Did did I offend you what I said? I said, no, ma'am, because if you knew the Lord and Savior, if you knew my Lord and Savior, you wouldn't have said that. If you knew my Lord and Savior and was in his will, you wouldn't be dressed like that. See, the whole key, being saved is number one. But you gotta be in his will. You gotta ask, is is this offensive to God? And if it's not offensive to God, watch out. They'll do anything in front of you. How will God judge them? I believe there's a see I I believe and you know, and I can prove it from the scriptures. I've got an outline on that. I have never preached it. But there are degrees of heat in hell. Amen. Not everybody burns the same. And right. we know if you get burned, I don't care what's the first degree, eight degrees, ninth degree, however degrees it goes up, it's pain. But just imagine spending eternity in hellfire. All because I wanted to do it my way. You know, we got to re- remember those those things. We got to realize that God is in, in charge that especially we that are saved. I don't belong to myself. You know. And I used to, but then people thought, you know, you're just trying to be spiritual, you know. Can you drive your car? I don't own a car. And neither to you, really. You don't own no property. It belongs to God. He can have a. Oh, I tell you, I know I'm rambling. Not only did I hear good preaching and, and I ate like somebody that's starved to death, <laughs> you did too. What'd you laugh at me for? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but he had, back on the table, he had stuff you could take, you know, tracks and stuff, and it was a CD. I didn't see but two, two different CDs. Lord, I took both of them. And I listened to it this morning, one of them this morning. And when I just finished listening, I said, Lord, and I was as honest as I knew how, that's the best sermon I ever heard in my life. I know the brother that was preaching it. You know when you, when you get a sermon, from the time that preacher opens his mouth till he turns it over to the pastor, bless. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd heard the phone ring. I couldn't have heard nobody at the front door. I mean, it's been a long time when I was so immersed in that sermon. we ought to be way every service. Amen. But I take preparation. See, I just came from a conference where, I, where, you know, you think you're in heaven. You're hearing good preaching and good singing and, and good eating and good fellowship. You know. And preachers need something like that about every quarter, every three months. A preacher needs to get away, you know. Anyway, where'd that drop from? Remember, remember God knows every thought. Have you ever lied to God? Not on purpose. And you say something you shouldn't say and, and we say it. Lord, where did that come from? (laughs) Right here. Right from this old body. That's where it came from. Because his body is depraved. And you can remember jokes faster than you remember Scripture. Come on now. But God, praise his holy name. What God can do. Now let's let's look at this couple verses in, in the book of Romans. Romans uh, let's see here. I think it's Romans two, I believe. Let's see about verse sixteen, where God said in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and resteth in the law, and makes thy boasts of God. Now, how do we apply that verse? Lord, I, I pray regular. I read regular. I come to church regular. I give regular. Are we boasting about it? You know, I used to, I did that one time on best Station, and my pastor, who was so much wiser than I was, did it right. But after we got out of the house, he said, I want to give you a little instruction. Don't ever brag on yourself in front of somebody. I didn't think I was, but when he called it to my attention, that's exactly, you know. I, I just don't have time. And you, know, and you might say, well, you know, I've got a job, and I've got kids, and I've got dogs, and I've got this, and I've got that. In other words, if I do it, you can do it. But you don't know what's else in that person's life. Remember, God knows your every thought. And if you're broken just these four commandments or two commandments, you're lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterer at heart in God's eyes because when you break one of the laws of God, you broke all of them as far as what it takes for you to lose your relationship with the Lord. So the question is, as we prepare to close here in a minute, how do you stand? How do I stand? If you're honest, you'll admit that you're guilty on a lot of things that we just briefly touched tonight. Do we read the Word of God daily or do we read the Word of God so we can say I read the Word of God? If y'all remember, I read a chapter in Proverbs and a chapter in Psalms every day. So I mean, I've read the book of Proverbs hunting times. Now, am I doing that or for what reason? The book of Proverbs is the It's the best book in the Word of God that you can read that gives you practical instruction. But I, you know, but how would, how does most people take that? You know, now it's just, you know, it's just an easy read. But it covers almost every subject you can imagine. Money, investment, love, sex, separation. I mean, it just covers it all. But how do you stand? If you're honest, you admit you're guilty, but you might say, I've done many good works to make up for my mistakes. What you're saying is these good works is going to keep me from standing before God in judgment, and it won't. I'll stand before God for every mistake. That's what we like to call it now. I didn't sin as a mistake. God tells us in the book of, of, of James, you know, that God resists of the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. I think that's James 4, 6, if my memory serves me correctly. We must humble ourselves before God and give him all the glory. See, the old songwriter says, I am what I am by the grace of God. I can't add anything to that. You can't put any butts in that. I am what I am by the grace of God. How will you be judged right here That's right. Amen. see we we are a nation now that I want it, I want it, I'll get it no matter what. But God said in Proverbs 14, 12 I believe, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. There is a way which seems right unto man, but the end thereof. If you keep doing something you know it's not right, the end is death. James also said, he that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him is sin. That's why we expect more out of a 17 or 18 year old teenager than we do a 3 or 4 year old child. And I believe that God expects more out of me being the pastor, being saved, you know, all of us old preachers, got together back in the back of the building and they were telling their age and you know I just sort of looked at them and I said, You young whippersnappers. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since I've been in a, a church service where I was the oldest preacher. But let me t- tell you what a, a second thought it changed. I've got more to answer for because I've been under the word longer. As we close, is God just? Well, let me tell you, friends, God is just. Imagine you standing before a judge in court and having stolen a car. The judge bangs the gavel and says, you're jealousy of grand theft. And the penalty is $100,000 or 10 years in jail. Assuming you don't have $100,000, you're in big trouble, aren't you? They have it all on videotape and they know you're jealousy. You tell the judge you're sorry. And they won't do it again. Judge, I repent, you say. But he won't buy that. The judge says, I've done so many. The man tells the judge, I've done so many good things, given to charity. And the judge replies, good for you. But I would be a bad judge if I didn't punish criminals. i finished with this statement. God would not be God if he didn't send the sinners to hell. Because he gave his son for his. If we're one of his, and I'll use the term, if I'm one of God's elect, He chose me according to the second book of Ephesians. He chose me. He wrote my name down in the book before he even created the world. So there's no doubt that if he did that, I'm going to glory. But it also, if I'm saved, I'm going to pay for my deliberate sins, saved or lost. And yes, it does make a difference how we live. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity you've given here tonight to proclaim thy word. I thank you, Father, for these...